Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. You can change who you are by changing your habits. You can quit bad habits. You can start new habits. All the science is there. It's not that hard. Read the chapter. And if you want to have a new habit, just start it. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And I am with Maria Parker, who is a leader. Hello, Maria. Hi, I'm a leader, and I learned a lot of leadership from my dear sister-in-law, Kelly. I'm so glad to be with you today, Kelly. And so excited. Yes, we will. It's, you know, it's very exciting. Uh, we are going to talk about leadership today. And the actual, we, we may or may not name this show, Are You a Leader? But we are going to talk about things that uh, can make you a better leader, whether you're leading a big organization, leading your family, or just leading uh, truly your dog around the neighborhood. So, um, or leading yourself, which oh, is- Oh, of course, of right. course, leading, leading I yourself. I love that concept though, Kelly, you introduced that to me. You know, we, I think we can shy, we can talk about this later, shy away from that concept of leadership. We don't think of ourselves as natural leaders, but we all have to lead ourselves. So- Yes, yes. And um, that is the title of the book that just came out, which I'm going to hold up here. Yes. It's, um, it's called Take Your Mark, Lead 10 Ways to Lead Yourself and Others Like a Champion. So unless you've been hiding in a hole, if you're one of our listeners, you know about this book. <laughs> it's been out. We just did a little show, a little preview show on it. But this is truly it's a great book. Um, it's, it's almost 300 pages. And the one thing that you know I want to say about this book is it's not just fluff. It's not just, this is what Kelly thinks. It's got 40 pages of a bibliography. So there's science behind the things that we are going to talk about today and what we're asking people to do to be leaders. And it's got a lot of cool stories that, you know, you know about the book, if you, again, if you've been listening, but hopefully it's something fun to read that, that will make you a better leader as in your life, leading yourself or leading others. So we're going to just start with the 10 chapters of the book, but really quickly touch on them because Maria, do you want to talk about personas? Because when we went through training as coaches, it was so important to be that person. Right. So the great thing about your book, Kelly, and I just will add that Kelly has done the research for you. <laughs> this book is a great bedside thing. I'm going to, you know, I, I had, I've ordered it. I don't have the hard copy yet, but I'm going to keep it um, right next to my bedside and underline things. And I've already read it and loved it. So, um, but yeah, so the way Kelly uh, has uh, structured the book is she's created personas that are aspects of leadership. And so we're going to talk about each of those personas and persona is just a way to step into something that maybe you don't think of yourself as. And so, you know, I love this concept for me. I, I struggle with imposter syndrome. And so I love the concept of persona because I can step into, I can, I can step into a persona and be that person in the persona. And then eventually that becomes hardwired into who I am. Yeah. And, and that's the, the whole kind of thought behind the book of these chapters is, can you be this person? Can you be that kind of person that, you know, is disciplined, that does have great habits that does celebrate success. So yeah. um, we're just going to leap right into the first one that I think is really important of um, being an eager leader. 
And being an eager leader can mean just seeing a need and filling it, just saying, boy, that needs to be done. And that can be anywhere from my favorite thing that I learned out of Pfizer was a true leader has vision and urgency. So leadership equals vision and urgency. So when you see something that needs doing, you do it and you're, you're kind of, you spot it quicker. You're eager to do it. And then you have to put away perfection. So you, the, the, um, again, one of my favorite quotes, it's not in the book because there were, there were a lot of quotes in the book that, you know, I'm a big person on quotes, but my favorite quote is from general Patton, who is it's better to execute a good plan than to never execute the perfect plan. So if you're kind of on that fence, do should I do this? Should I do that? Then you just, it, it's seeing a need and filling it. And, and let's get, so a, an example would be if you're, um, if you're in an organization and everybody's talking about, boy, we need to change the way that we're doing X, but nobody's really doing it. Then maybe just start doing X yourself. And then people will watch you. And then you will be leading that because you're just doing X. Yeah. So I I love that. Uh, It's, it's, it is, there is two parts of it, which you both described just both of them. One is recognizing having the kind of, you're being the kind of person who, and this is a persona, I'm going to be the kind of person who looks around and and looks for opportunity to lead. And the second part is just doing it, which is scary, just getting started, just throwing yourself into it. And I think that general patent quote kind of takes away the yeah. pressure of, you don't have to be perfect, yeah. just do it. Yeah, I think a lot of us have perfection paralysis and, you know, anyway, so great. All right, second thing, uh, target maker. Um, and I, I love this. This is just about setting goals. And um, Kelly, actually, you taught me about this many, many years ago. I always sort of, sort of knew about setting goals, but you helped me set concrete goals and break them down into actionable steps um, and taught me all about, you know, smart goals and all that. But, but the point is you just have to have, you, you got to have a target and, and you got to be the kind of person who, again, be the kind of person who sets goals. And sometimes we can be afraid to set goals because we don't want to fail ourselves or others, but it, like the eager leader thing is like, it's better to just try something and fail than n- never to try at all. And so, um, you know, of course, I have set many, many, many goals in my life, many of which I have not accomplished, but I've set enough so that I've, I've got a nice uh, bibliography of, of goals that I have accomplished. Of course, uh, finishing Race Across America was one of them. And it, um, but and in my business, you know, I have a goal that I have been working on for five years. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just making my way towards it. I'm inching my way towards it. One of the things about Target Maker that you put that's in the book, and this is really, really important, is it's not it's good to have big, you know, hairy goals, but it's, it's also good to have to break those down and you'd go into detail in the book. So I don't want to give it all away, but read the section on goal setting. It's, it's excellent. Thanks Marie. Yeah. The, uh, the, the tart, like leaders have targets. We just do, right. you have a target for your family. You have targets for your organization, right. you have targets for your team. And, it, and importantly, you have targets for yourself. Right. And I, I, I really think that that is, you know, ob- it's kind of an obvious one, but it's one that you've got to you've got to put in your toolkit as a leader. This next one, which is a vibrant visionary, uh, again, leaders have a vision that that you know part of the leadership quotient that I learned in Pfizer, which was um, vision and leadership uh, are 
are what urgency and vision make leadership. So you've got to have that vision, but it takes it a step further where you really have to see that vision. You have to taste it, smell it, um, do vision boards really kind of, and, and whether you're doing that for yourself, you know, Mark, you, you've been to our house many times, Maria, you know, Mark and I have these beautiful vision boards, which there's detailed on how to create vision boards in the book. Um, but just, individually, you can have these great goals, but also for your company, what can you put out there for your team, your work, your work team, your family, that that's like a vision. And yeah. I think that's uh, a huge part of leading yourself and leading others. Absolutely. And, and, and really, this is just encouragement, right? It's a, the vision boards are so great. And you again, taught me about vision boards. Um, and, and this, you know, using all four senses, all five senses to, to, to imagine yourself having, you know, gotten to whatever it is, but, but also you have personally, and you can be this person for yourself and you can be it for others. You can encourage people. And you've been that person in my life and as well as other people's like helping me see a vision for myself, for my company, for my future. You know, we, you almost every conversation we have, you say, how can I help you? How can, and then you, and then you help me create a vision for the future that I can, then drive towards. So if you can't do it for yourself and enlist people around you to help you, it's like, help, help me see where I'm going. So I love the, the visionary, the vibrant visionary. And again, I, I'm getting better at this and I want to step into this persona, but this isn't something that I'm naturally good at. So Maria, let me ask you what right now ignites you. Like what is something that you would like to see on your vision board? That's the picture. I know, I know I can think of one. Oh, well, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got different visions for different areas of my life, but uh, I've got a, a beautiful house I'm building um, right now. And so I, I, I have on in my, I actually don't have a vision board. you. You've offered to help me make one and I haven't done it, but my, my vision for the house is, is, is coming. I'm working on it every single day, but I've got a vision for it. Yeah. So finishing, finishing my new house that I'm about to move into, but also I'm getting ready to do a beautiful, long uh, bike ride on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I'm, I've got that clearly envisioned the, the wildflowers that, you know, cycling up the hill. And that's motivating me now as I prepare for it by cycling and doing other things. So yeah. What about you, Kelly? What's your, what's your, yeah. I mean, is it about around your book? Oh, I, yeah, definitely. Right now, you know, my, my vision is that I, I'm going to, I'm going to open my, e- my emails. Well, that, that people are going to say this book is helping me. You yeah. know, that's really, I don't care if it's a bestseller. I just, I just want it to impact people and I want and it to, it will, you know, to make people be better. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, but in, in talking about really having a vision for others, that is huge. That yeah. will take your organization, your family, your work team, to the next level when you can articulate that. And I tell a couple of little stories in the book, a couple of my own, a couple of other, you know, champions in the book, but I just remember swim coaches, just the one little statement that a swim coach would make to me like, wow, Kelly, you have a world-class freestyle. That's a vision. That's putting a vision in my head. Wow. I have a world-class freestyle. So, you know, it's, it's leading yourself and it's leading others with that vision. So Maria, now the one that everybody is going to love is de- <laughs> developing discipline. So yeah. the discipline developer. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're word... so good at this. Yeah. When I think of somebody with discipline, I think of a woman that rode 3000 miles on her bike across yeah. the country in 11 yeah. days. Thank you. So, so, I, so I, tell I, us, yeah. I hate the word discipline because I think it has negative connotations in our culture, but discipline is freedom. 
So I would say this is, you know, if you have discipline, you have freedom. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not disciplined in every aspect of my life, but, but, but I am a disciplined person. I, I actually learned it from my, my wonderful father, who's one of the most disciplined people I've ever met. Um, and, and, and discipline, it, as I said, it's freedom. You know, if you can, yes. if you can put some things in your life that you don't have to think about, because they're part of, you know, it's kind of like habit, but it's, they're part of who you are, then, then discipline gives you freedom. So, but, but what, there's so many aspects to discipline, but it, it's a muscle that you grow. And one of the yes. ways you can grow it is by starting your day off with, and this is in the book, start, you start your day off with something hard. Um, and that, you know, that, that doesn't have to be, you know, getting up and I don't, you know, running 10 miles, but it can be. Um, I, I usually get up and do exercise. And then when that's done, it's like, even if nothing else goes right today, I can say I had a good day. <laughs> so uh, other things are just do hard things, you know, do, 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 I, I read an article in the paper and you had already told me about it, but about, you know, this idea of, and it's in the book about taking a cold shower, which I know this sounds unattractive, but I'm telling you, this is life-changing. So um, so that, so there's this concept of, you know, just taking a cold shower. And, and anyway, I read this article in, the, in, in a newspaper about this father and son who for the year of the pandemic decided they were just going to jump in, in cold, a cold pool every single day. And, and it was such a great example, this father teaching the son, you know, it was like, they dreaded it. You know, they didn't want to do it. They talked about how they didn't want to do it. And then they did it anyway. And, and, and the bonding experience from, and just the sense of power that you have when you overcome your resistance to difficult things. So I, I just, you know, of course you have to develop this in yourself and, and then, and, and you can help your team, the people that you're leading uh, by example, and also just encouragement to help them to develop discipline. Yeah, Maria, you're, you're great at discipline and, and absolutely truly. I, I just, it makes so much difference when you do something difficult in the morning, you get it done. Like, you know, I'll just, so in case anybody's looking and we thinking, wow, Kelly looks a little sleepy or a little tired or whatever. I, um, I, I'm 24 hours after my second COVID shot. Yeah. And so I've had a little, you know, a little immune response. So I have a pounding headache right now and, oh, um, and I'm aching, you know, I'm aching, but I got up this morning and I did my swim workout. I yeah. did a really hard swim workout Good and for you. yeah. And I thought, you know, at least if, if I, if I do have a reaction to the shot and I wasn't expecting it because Mark had it, most people don't, I mean, it's like, I guess 90% of the people that take the shot don't get a reaction. So it's rare, but I do have a really active immune system. You know, I have autoimmune uh, issues from eczema and allergies and all that. So I'm having a little reaction, but I got that done first. And now I don't have to think about, okay, I could, I could sleep for the rest of the day, which I feel like doing, Yeah, but, um, so discipline another thing. is you so got, important. You got yourself up to record this, this podcast. Yeah. This really is a discipline. Like yeah. Yeah. This is a discipline, which we, you know, we all, we all do things when we have migraines or headaches or, um, but the more you do yeah. hard things, the better you are yeah. at doing hard things yes. and the more power you feel. Um, it's just a, it's wonderful to develop discipline in your life. It's, you know, it's that old thing. What's the first thing you do? Get up and make your bed, you know? If, yes. Yes. You know, yes. it's, it's so anyway. Okay. So, Kelly. And, yeah. So the next one, I just, I love, 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 love. It's, it's the chapter. If you're going through something tough that you persist and it's the passionate persister. And I open this chapter with Jim Valvano who started the, you know, he's, he's the 
great NC State basketball coach who won the national title in 1983. It's a long time ago, but he's still very famous because um, he started the Jimmy V Foundation or the V Foundation for Cancer, and he just never, ever, ever give up. And how do you do that? Okay, so there are eight tools for not giving up, for persisting. And I wrote these a lot from a pain perspective because I feel like a lot of us we, you know, pain is just part of, and I don't mean necessarily a headache, but just the pain of, um, of getting through seasons, hard seasons in your life, times where you're having to work double shifts or you're having to do, uh, extra, extra things like, uh, when you've got young kids or, you know, Mm -hmm. times when you just, gosh, is this time ever going to end? And my particular, you know, going through topical steroid withdrawal syndrome syndrome was really hard. So I've got these eight things in the book. and And I would say that the, the major one, you know, we're again, we hope that you'll read all of it, but the one that I, I really have to say is absolutely the most important one in persisting through anything is staying in the present moment. Mm. That is, that is the one. And that's when Maria, you and I as endurance athletes and people who've gone through a lot of tough things, uh, is, is just staying in the moment, just saying right now I'm okay. You know, right now my head is hurting, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation and I'm hopefully reaching people and they hear this, but it's just this moment. And you know what? Maybe in five minutes, my headache will be gone or in, um, you know, I'm, I'm working with uh, a surgeon right now who's opening a a big, uh, surgery center. And he's got a lot on his plate right now for the next six weeks. And we talked this morning about just, he's, he's in this trough, you know, he's got a lot of work that he's doing and, you know, we broke it down into saying, this is just a season. This is not, you're not always going to be opening a surgery center. It's just right right now. So let's, let's use all the techniques that we know of visualizing. Wow. What's it going to be like? What are you going to reward yourself with when you're done? And he came up with an amazing reward, which, you know, when, when we're adults, we've kind of had all the electric toenail trimmers and we don't, (laughs) don't really, we don't need it. We don't need anything. It's hard. You know, kids want the BB gun or the doll, but you know, as adults, it's kind of hard to find that. So um, let's not get into that till we get to success celebrator, but just, stay in the present moment. Um, and what Maria, what, what is your number one thing? Cause I just took your number one thing, but what, what is it for you when you're on that bike or you're just in this really hard place right now, you have a lot on your plate too. So what are, what are you yeah. going to tell people that are just, you you're traveling all over, you're heading out to LA, you're building your house, you're, you're a grandmother, you're a CEO of your business. You're my podcast co-host. How are you, how are you doing it? How are you persisting? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just what you said, basically. And I I can remember having this conversation with my sister when she had brain cancer so much, so much, you know, gets dumped on you when you get a diagnosis like that. And we just talked about, you know, you can't see the whole thing. You can't embrace the whole thing. So you just do the next, the very next thing. And persistence is just doing the very next thing again and again and again and again and again. You know, it's not, it's like you said, it's staying in the moment. It's not, it's not worrying about, all of this stuff. It's just saying, okay, what's the next thing? And, you know, the next thing might just be putting your feet on the floor, you know, and and whatever. So, you know, that's for me, you know, if I get, if I feel overwhelmed and I want, you know, (laughs) I want to, 
to think of myself. I want to step, a lot of people don't think of themselves as persistent. And again, this is a persona you can step into. You can become a passionate persister and you can just repeat to yourself, well, you know, I am persistent, but that just means I am just going to keep moving. I'm just going to keep moving. So. All right, Maria. So habits, habit Next hacker, one, habit hacker. We, we this probably one, should speed this up. Yeah. 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 We're more. taking too long. We're taking too long. Yeah. Cause you can read the book and should read the book. This, this uh, chapter of your book is the one I underline the most. It's so motivating to me. Um, so one of the, th- I'm, I'm just going to say it really quickly as a, as a leader, a great habit you can develop is to learn from other leaders and learn from other people and be, be humble and always be looking for people to, to learn from personas to step into you know, people you admire. And also just, you can change who you are by changing your habits. You can quit bad habits. You can start new habits. All the science is there. It's not that hard. Read the chapter. And if you want to have a new habits, just start it, just do it. So Okay. Next one. Peak performance. Peak performer, peak performances. You know, that's what we're really all striving for. Like, and you can have Mm -hmm. that peak performance during the entire, all of this. So as a leader, you can have a peak performance with your team, with all, you can be a peak performer in being an eager leader and being a a habit hacker and being a discipline developer and being a vibrant visionary. So you can have all those peak performance during that. So peak performance is, is, using a strong mindset to say, I'm going to give this my best, but also very, very importantly, focusing on only the things that you can control and, and being like the, in, in the peak performer section, my favorite part of the book in this peak performer section is the white ball, brown glove story of Dan Plezak, who's a major league baseball player for decades and, uh, you know, an all-star and he, you know, he would trot out of Yankee stadium out of the bullpen with the bases loaded and two outs and the crowd, you know, hanging from the rafters and so much pressure there. And so the pressure is the big thing that as peak performers, we do have pressure. And so he would just concentrate on that little thing that he could control, which was putting the white ball into the Brown glove. And also with peak performance, that these will be the two biggest takeaways is that being in a pressure performance situation is a privilege. I mean, that is, that's the quote that leads off the chapter. Billie Jean King says, you know, having pressure is a privilege because it means that you've gotten your performance to a certain point that people have an expectation of you. And so that's, that's beautiful. That means, wow, you are a peak performer and you think of, you know, attorneys in court, or you think of a, uh, you know, a singer on the middle of the stage. So just own that peak that, you know, say it to yourself. I am a peak performer. Yeah. I like that. And I think that there are times for those, um, but that's, 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 and that's like you said, that's when you're gathering all your leader (laughs) qualities in one shining moment, but you're not always peaking. So that's, that's good. Uh, the next one is confidence carrier. And this is a great one. Again, these are personas. You can step into them. This is a weakness for me. I uh, have, I'm working on it. You know, I want to be um, confident in what I do. I want to talk confidently, not, not with hubris, but just with confidence. And one of the ways you can do this, we, we, before every uh, podcast, we do this little power pose where we lift our arms in the air and we, Yay! you know, we, we, we open our chests and we, we remind ourselves that what we're doing is, 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 
is fun, exciting, and that we're, you know, serving others, we try to be serving others. And so part of uh, confidence is just is holding yourself confidently. Um, and the other section is just owning it, owning what you do, reminding yourself of who you are as, you know, um, as our parents say, you know, I, I think that was one of the things my mom used to say, you know, if we would go off to remember who you are, you know, so if, yeah, if I, yeah. I have to remind myself of who I am to, to, um, to be, to be a confidence carrier, another great section. And Kelly, you're next reflective yes. thinker, reflective thinker. So leaders and anyone who wants to be successful. And this is a really hard one. I mean, this is like, I don't, I think this is kind of an under talked about one where you silently sit and look back and look forward. You're reflecting on what did I do? Where have I been? What can I do better? Um, And it was Josh Pernod who we interviewed, who, who really talked about looking at the, you know, after each practice, what did I do here? What yeah. can I do to improve? Yeah. I loved that. And, yeah. and we haven't heard that from a lot of champions, but it is, it is a trait of leaders that you're just, you're really reflective thinking. And I don't think we mentioned this in our intro to the book, but you know, for those of you that didn't know, there's a really interesting story about how I ended up in Playboy magazine. And that's my reflection. And I reflect on it in about a 2000 word story of how I ended up in Playboy with the best intentions with being a champion of a cause. Um, So, and I never, I never reflected on that story for, for decades. I just kind of hit it as a, something that uh, I didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to think about how that happened or why it happened. So reflective thinking, being a reflective thinker is a trait of leaders. And you're so right. That's maybe the hardest thing, isn't it? Because we can tend to trash ourselves and that's not what this is about. This is about, this is about just open-mindedly, lovingly recalling, you know, and thinking about your practice, your past, what you did, how you could have handled something differently or better or, or leading to the next thing, which is celebrating your success, which is sort of an aspect of, before we we go on to that. Okay. I want to, I wanted to drill down on reflective thinkers and how that really can tie into leadership is, um, is when you reflect on things that you've done. And especially as you get more experience in life, which leaders tend to have is you can share your story and prevent others from either going down that path. My, My husband and I were talking about terrible leaders and, and we're like, gosh, you know, maybe that's a book, bad leaders, because (laughs) So sometimes seeing a bad leader makes you think, okay, they're going in that direction. I want to go in this direction. But uh, my, my Playboy story is a cautionary tale. I tell that tale for young women to read it. And, and well, anybody can read it and get it. But reflecting makes you understand cautionary tales and, and how you can help others and then yeah. plan for future. So anyway, yes, but let's yeah, celebrate. Yeah, so success. what you're saying is kind of, there is two aspects of there's, what have I done? And then what have others done? Reflection just right. means being observant about yes. the past and not just stumbling forward without thinking about things. Right. It's, it's really excellent. Um, so then the last one, and this one is something, again, that is not natural for me, but I love, 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 love the concept of success celebrating I am becoming a success celebrator. And it's part of reflection because you, reflection, you look back and you say, yeah, I did that. That went well. That went, I could have done that better, but that, you know, that went well. When you celebrate your successes, uh, Louis Pugh called it stacking. You right, have confidence right. because, you know, I did this, you know, and then I did that and I did that and I did that. And now, 
you know, with all that, you know, I, I can, I can do this. It gives you, it gives you confidence. I love, cause I can, a lot of us who are ambitious and, and natural leaders can tend to just be very driven and that can be, that can keep you from celebrating your successes. So you and I've worked on this lately is like, you know, we can, you know, like if our, if we don't feel like our, our podcast is doing that great or whatever we, you know, we, we can forget to say, oh, well, look how far we've come and look, you know, what, look what we've done. And, and this is happening in my business, in my fitness, in my family, you know, even in my own behavior, I want to celebrate, you know, in this area, I have improved. I'm not cussing quite as much. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, success celebrator is, is it's a, so important. And I think an under discussed things. So, but all this stuff is in the book and in detail, every step you can learn step-by-step how to become a uh, lead yourself and others. It's a great book. Be sure to get it. And oh, it. Maria. Thank you. And this really wasn't an ad for the book. I hope that people Shh. will take away that none of these, it, you know, none of these personas uh, exist independently. That's They're right. all there. So, so, you know, you, you're, you're an eager leader, you, you're a target maker, vibrant, visionary, disciplined developer, passionate, persister, habit hacker, peak performer, confidence carrier, reflective thinker, and a success celebrator. And all of those, they marry together. And yeah. so, um, but the, the real difference in just listening to this podcast, the, the best part of the book for me is the stories. And it's not just my stories. It's stories from Lewis Pugh and David Marsh and Jack Bowerly and, you know, Dan Plezak and Leah Smith and, you know, just Ray Luz and, and Matt Biondi and you and, you know, um, breast cancer survivors. So it's, it's really, um, when you tell a story, you understand it more and we don't have time in the podcast to tell a bunch of stories, but that's, that's what I hope people will get mostly from the book as well. I learned something, but gosh, that was an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of fun, fun and illustrative stories there. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. What uh, would your takeaway from this, are you a leader? Oh, yeah, are you a leader uh, show? And what what are you going to walk out of here with? Well, I, I'm, I'm most at this moment inspired by uh, wanting to step more into the persona of becoming a reflective thinker. It's so, again, like, you know, I tend to just look forward and run forward and I want to, I want to be reflective in it. I think in the past, my lack of confidence has made me afraid. Um, and so now that I'm, you know, maturing in other ways, I want to look back with compassion on what I've done and what others have done and think about what I can learn from them. What about you, Kelly? I think mine is always the passionate persister. Like I really just like to keep, keep grinding on that. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that is in the book is I talk about how winners quit and quitters win. So sometimes you don't want to persist if you're doing the wrong thing. So I, I, you know, I write in the book, Maria has almost never quit anything or lot in her life. And <laughs> I've quit things. almost a, like many, <laughs> many things. So I want to just make myself more accountable for, am I quitting something because 
it's not going well. And, and, you know, we talk about, um, the mindset of a fixed mindset or, a you a know, growth. a growth mindset. And so I think there, I just want to keep drilling down on what, it, what do I need to persist on and what do I need to let go of? So that's, oh, that's, I love that. That's my, that's my takeaway. So, okay. All right, Maria, thanks for hanging in there with me. My headache's a little bit better. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's but just part of it. Soon you'll be go immune away. to this horrible bug and yes, feel yes. free again. Yep. All right. Thank All right, you. Love I you, love Kelly. you so much. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Jim Valvano. How do you go from where you are to where you want to be? I think you have to have an enthusiasm for life. You have to have a dream, a goal, and you have to be willing to work for it. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.